You have now entered the lab, episode 114. I am Elvis Escobar. He's Fort Sama. Okay. Gonna join us back in a little. He's on mute because he is uh, fighting a little something, something going on in his body. We'll discuss in, in further detail. But episode 114, as most episodes lately, sponsored by Brown Vintage online eBay account. Uh, does uh, once a week. Didn't do it last week uh, as far as uh, uh, whatnot. But on eBay, check the link in our bio for that information. Uh, men's, women's, kids, all types of clothing, whether it's throwback, whether it's from last year, that's like a pair of true religions, whatever it is. Uh, it's go check it out. Great deals on shit. Uh, now that it's spring training here in, uh, you know, and baseball, a couple tees I got showed. Uh, spring uh, Subway Series 2000, Mets and Yankees, throwback fire. I'd have to keep that one on the low. Florida Marlins, you will like this port, front and back. That's I like, have a shirt like that. I don't know where it is, but I have a shirt just like that one. There's an OG, it and it's a, it's an extra large. I'm going to have to keep that as well. Hold up. Yeah, yeah. Hold, hold Florida Marlins one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. These are all originals from the looks of it. So these are, those are shirts that probably will cost you on, on, on other – other sites and other eBay accounts, probably 150, 200 bucks combined. Brown Vintage, a lot less. So go check them out. Uh, we do, you know, uh, we're not going to promise and over deliver or over deliver, over say and under deliver, but we are in the works of getting Ben Brown Vintage on the podcast next Monday. Uh, he's going to get set up with a proper mic and computer. So we have a quality episode. So hopefully that works out for us next week. But Without further ado, obviously, uh, try to get us to on uh, YouTube to 200 subscribers, make it a whole number. Uh, end of every episode tonight, in the next couple hours, we'll have complete timestamps of everything we talk about so you can skip ahead. Uh, audio, visual, whatever you need. Fort Sama, uh, appreciate for you, you for being on today on this Monday night. Uh, I know you've been fighting it, uh, whatever you're going through. How are you? Surviving. Thriving. I don't know what. Barely. Nah, not not even thriving, man. You can hear it in my voice. And like, if you look at my face, you can see it in my eyes. My eyes are lower than usual. Yeah, yeah. yeah your face Looks is like, usually not not a pretty sight, but definitely today it's yeah, nice. yeah, it's swollen. I look like I got a lazy ass eye, but no, nah, man. Allergies? I what? Struggling. I no, definitely not allergies because I'm prone to allergies and. This was way oh, worse. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I had, man. I was just last week. I was already kind of bad, but not as bad. Mm -hmm. Tuesday, Tuesday, I was straight. Wednesday, I was straight, and I didn't really start feeling it until I don't know, maybe Thursday night. My voice was kind of hoarse. Yep. I don't maybe really you got kind of what I got the other day, or last week. Yeah, but I, no, I was, I was down a lot bad. Longer. Yeah, I was down bad. I called out of work. So Saturday, I was supposed to have a full day. I was supposed to work seven to three at one job and then get off and work 3.30 to 11 at another job. And I wasn't trying to do all that. So I got my 7 to 3 p.m. shift covered. Some lady, shout out Suzanne. She didn't get enough hours during the week. So she's like, yeah, I'll cover your Saturday. I was like, cool, thanks. I appreciate that. And then I was just going to work my second job, 3.30 to 11, no problem. Uh, but I woke up Saturday, man, 
And it, I mean, Friday night, I was bad. Friday night, I was bad. I was still working. It was bad. I sent you a picture on Saturday. I called out off of work. And yeah, when yikes. I worked, I'll, I'll share it here in a second. When I was at work yesterday. I'm and, trying to think today, when you sent that to me. Was I already, what day was that? Saturday? It was Saturday. Yeah, Saturday at like 2 p.m. maybe. Yeah, that was when I was just about getting ready to to get my drink on for the for the day. And I was like, damn, my man, my yeah. man down bad. Yeah, so yeah, everyone, that's a crazy everyone please share. Yeah, I'm about to everyone at Publix knows that I'm about that paper and I'm grinding and like they uh-huh. know that I'm trying to to work as much as possible. So they all saw me and they were like, damn, when I knew you called out, I knew you were bad. Like there I you go. You, you, you didn't want to call out you, you know. Like so that. I'm about to share the picture. I, I sent it here on the <clears throat> on the IG. I like, I like that you have that, that rep of uh of grinding already. So that that's good to know. Yeah, of course. What your, your coworkers think you're you're flaking early on? Because a lot of people do that. They join jobs and they look for that first opportunity to get off or take off. So that's nah. plus. <laughs> this is me Saturday, bro. bro. Oh I was God. so bad. I was that the worst of it, or did it get worse after? Yeah, that? no, no. That was that was probably the worst of it, man. Viewer discretion is advised. That, that was only that was two days ago. Like, you're, you're playing hurt yeah. right now. I like that. We, we play hurt. I played yeah. hurt last week. You're playing hurt. You carried me. I'll carry you. Yeah, what I'm on. I want to say maybe I'm at like 70%, 75%, but my, my 70, 75% is a lot better than, than, 100, than people's 100%. It's a, yeah, it's like that athlete will take you at 80% and use you as a decoy in our system yeah 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 yeah. we're gonna be better yeah. off with you than without you but no mike mike hooked me up he had kind of the same thing with his eyes the last few weeks and he gave me some eye cream paws and that shit helped a lot like a lot that shit like dude and then um the lady that that took my shift on saturday <laughs> she texted me she's like i'm kind of pissed i took your shift i guess someone's shit mad nasty in the bathroom but she didn't have to clean it. She's like, I just can't stop thinking about it. I was like, I'm glad you did because I'm struggling. And I sent her a picture. Oh She's like, hey, I have some antibiotics for you. Like, come get them. So she gave me some antibiotics. I took them that night at 8 p.m. And then took them again at 2 p.m. So I've been taking antibiotics every eight hours since Saturday night. I was barely staying up watching the fights. But between Mike hooking me up with the eye cream and the antibiotics, that's that's really what saved me. And I've been taking, you know, like halls for, for my throat and I've been, you know, you know saved, popping Benadryl and shit like that. But you know what saved me that my mom always immunity swears shots. and she's 35 in the game. As far as being a nurse, she knows is, um, uh, Mucinex. Cause I get a lot, when I get sick like that, I get a lot of like, you know, phlegm in nose, throat, whatever. And I can't get it out. And that Mucinex, I've been taking it. First of all, super expensive. I, I bought like Mucinex is expensive. It was like, not gonna lie, it was thirty dollars, but it was um, it was like a hundred pack. So actually, it does work out to be good math. But that was the only pack they had. I took it the first two days. I took it uh, once every twelve hours. Cleared me up like instantly. So I will be using that Mucinex, uh and then a little like sprays here and there. But uh, you know, we don't want to talk about your sickness for too long. That's not a no, no advantageous it's not, to it's our not podcast. The topic of this, not uplifting, no, yeah. Not. Of course, people ain't tuning in to to hear my fucking chronicles of being fucking not, sick. But this is this all. is the worst. This is the worst I've felt since COVID, since I had COVID, yeah. and that was there. You go, and and, and yeah, you February didn't take, of twenty twenty, and you didn't take a jab. 
So uh, no, this is uh, no, just I'm your body. Just... I didn't sell my soul. There you go. Hey. Well, anyway, so uh, yeah, pre- appreciate you guys for tuning in. Of course, if you're uh, listening this far, whether it's uh, the next day on Tuesday on YouTube, uh, definitely like our our video, subscribe if you don't, but also uh, you know tell a friend that might enjoy us and. I want to hop on. We're looking for more guests. Obviously, it's been a work. Obviously, in the beginning of the year, everybody's grinding with work. And we do know a lot of entrepreneurs that are getting into the, the beginning of the year. So it's a little tough to get people on, clear their schedule, sport, you know. Uh, so we'll, we'll get people more uh, on more as we go along in the year. Uh, but, yeah, share with your friends and uh, we'll get this podcast episode rolling. Uh, one thing I did want to bring on to you, and we'll, we'll go right off the bat because it's something in my household that has been going on uh for the last uh let's say week week and a half have you heard the show love is blind on netflix so i've heard people talking about it i've heard people i've seen people tweeting about it and posting on it about social media but i have not and i will not tune in okay so that's fair uh you're a single dude you don't have to watch it obviously i live in a house with, with your with wife a significant other yeah so i you know, whether I it's entertainment while I pass by while I'm eating food and it is entertaining. What can I sit down for more than 10, 15 minutes of it? Absolutely not. Bro, Bruce why are you lying, bro? You locked in it's, on that shit. You glued to your couch. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a glorified shit show. I will say that. So I, I it's funny because before this, I wanted to see the best way I could define it. Because so I went to chat GPT because that's the best way to just be like, hey, what is love is blind? And it'll spit back a, uh, a a bio. So, Love Is Blind is a reality TV show where contestants go on dates in isolated pods, fifteen and fifteen, so fifteen women, fifteen uh, men, and can't see each other until they get engaged. The idea is to focus on the emotional connection rather than the physical appearances. So basically, you got a house full of fifteen and fifteen. They go on dates and they don't tell you the timeline. They you just assume it's a couple days, maybe a couple weeks, and these people just talk to each other and they don't see each other. All they could do is like have little hour dates, 30-minute dates, whatever it is, and they're just filtering through who they like and who they don't like, and then they continue to go on dates. And the only way you could see them is if you engage, you literally engage them. Not engage, but actually marry to engage them. So it is the funniest concept I've ever seen because it's the, the opposite of how I would live my life and how I did live my life to get to that point. But it's people love it. Women love it. Uh, if you're a man out there that happened to have a significant other, you pass by the TV like I do. I do consume it a good way too much. I, I will admit I have no shame in that. Um, it is a crazy concept because you got, you got T you got the cameras, you got the, the social media, it's on Netflix. There's so many, there's like five or six seasons now. People are going back. Bree's catching up on it. Dude, it is the wildest shit ever because you get to see how fake and phony people are saying all these things about love. And they'll tell each other like after three or four dates how much they love each other. And then they get engaged after talking for like under 10 hours. I bring this up because you're a single man. I'm uh, I'm married, so it's good to to have the 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 different sides of the spectrum here. Could you see yourself going on a show where you speak, you date only verbally to 15 women, narrow it down, and then 
find yourself in a position enough where you, you the only way to see them is to get engaged and then you meet them and then you meet their family and then it goes on from there. Can you see yourself going, maybe not on the scale of a show, but can you even see yourself in that situation where you think you could find love? Love is blind. Nah, bro. Absolutely not. And I'm not, and I'm not even gonna, I'm, this isn't even a hot take or anything, but looks isn't everything, of course. But it's all. Uh, but yeah, but and it also. Do each his own. Do each his own. Because love yeah. lo- looks are a thing to each individual. So you're not talking like everybody's got to be a 10 and not whatever scale no, you no. view it on. I wouldn't even it want a 10. Preference. I wouldn't even want a 10. That's uh, way too high. That's what I'm saying. The, 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 that's the way higher, too high the, maintenance. The, the yeah. higher the number, the more the crazy goes. It, the pros it don't goes outweigh. Like exactly. Yeah. The pros don't outweigh the cons. But no, man, honestly, no, nah, I couldn't do that. I need to definitely see what someone looks like. It's, I mean, maybe go out with them a few times, but I'm not going to get myself in a commitment of that big as yeah. getting engaged to someone before even seeing them that that's just crazy and i don't even think that's that's for real i just think it's a show there's no way they're following through with that dog have you ever done no way have you ever done something obviously not now because it's social media you could get somebody's social media have you ever done something like a blonde date or somewhere maybe you don't see all of them or maybe you see one picture or a couple photos because i think back in the day i did it like when i was in my teens is have you ever gone on like a blind date where you know very minimum of somebody, but you're in a situation where I mean, it's a double date yeah, or like I would say I would say with you know with with dating apps nowadays. Yeah. Women so essentially that's going. a blind date nowadays. Yeah, yeah people yeah. putting the best women, of the best photos exactly. up, up on there. And that's women, not true. Women are posting their their best of the best. They're not posting, you know, their regular, you know, sweatpants, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on, like Drake uh-huh. said, type pictures on there. There's very few girls that are going to post, very few women that are going to post stuff like that. And the especially more on just a dating the, app. And the more just here up means, ooh, that might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. No I need to see, I need to see either like full body picture of you with your family. It doesn't have to just be you. It could just be you with your friends or something like that. But. Yeah, nine times out of ten, if it's just a face picture, it's she's you know she's a little more curvy than than hey, not. There's no problem with that. There's no problem with that. You know, absolutely not. But yeah, I mean, I've I've been on a few dates where I didn't really know what the the girl or the woman looked like to to a full uh-huh. extent. But I, I have been. I I never like walked out of it or, or left. There was one time I did do that. I walked Walk out, out and left. I, yeah, I called I called my brother. I was like, yo, I need you to call me right now and tell me oh, to come no, pick yeah. you up, I mean, bro. <laughs> I think every male has been on the opposite end of that. I was where like, you need to do this for me somehow. right now, man. Like yeah. and it wasn't even it wasn't even mostly because of her, to be honest. It was she was with a couple. And she didn't really tell me about that first. And I get there and it's like just already an awkward exchange meeting two other people that I didn't expect to be meeting and then I'm with her and then it it already looks like it's a double date type thing and I wasn't trying to do that if I'm meeting you for the first time I'd rather it just be you uh-huh yeah because so yeah that was, so that, yeah that's yeah. twofold you could either have like the anchor of another pe- another mm-hmm. couple of people to talk to you so it's not awkward 
or you could just get right to the point and well then because because then she could be acting in a different way if she's with two people uh -huh. instead of with herself you know i get it she could have been she could have been more comfortable with people she knows and just with me i get that but we're already like out in an open area with bars and downtown and whatnot so it's already pretty public but yeah like i mean we got to the first spot and i just wasn't feeling it at all i called david i was like yo please please call me and like seven minutes and be like hey like i'm about to get kicked out of this bar i need you to come scoop hey me. i just got hit by a car come some of the most extreme situations possible yeah 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 it's like yo my my boy called you know me. it's he a lie every single by a time. dog <laughs> you know it's a lie every single time like nobody yeah. gets a call randomly at like less than one percent in your daily life and then you and then you happen to have it on a date that one call so you always know it's a lie uh the reason why i brought it up is um and i wanted to see your take because you're not going to watch it which is fine and you probably shouldn't waste your brain cells because my brain cells uh get lesser every time i watch it but the reason why this went viral a little bit with girls is that uh one girl she did say like, you know, somebody, she, she offered the information of what she looks like. And she was like, yeah, some people say I kind of have the eyes and the hair or something like that. The features of Megan Fox. And then buddy, when he heard it, his eyes lit up and, and this and that, I bet. but I watched the actual footage of it. And it was like, she only suggested that some features of her were like Megan Fox, not that she looked like Megan Fox. And, she was a poor man's woman, uh, Megan Fox, as I, she I like to say. She was a Dollar General Megan Fox. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it, she had some features that looked like Megan Fox. I, I'm not oh, talking shit. 2024 Megan Fox with all the BS that she has going on in her face. But I'm talking like, a, you know, the 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 2012 or, or Transformers version. And she did a little bit. But all Buddy heard was that name. And then basically it was all downhill from there. Uh, he engaged their seeing each other, and you could just tell it was awkward. Uh, they went through most of it or all of it. It's just a, it's just funny to see how we could make these shows and people will just get addicted to it and binge watch it and watch it, and it's it's all entertainment. I mean, we've all grown up with shows on a similar level to that, uh, where it was uh, reality shows and just dating shows, and it's been going on for decades. We're not the first generation to create dating shows but it's amazing to just see these people like just lie and say you use the word love and how they want to spend forever together after knowing each other for a total of like if you add up all the hours probably two days it's insane because I, I live the literal opposite lifestyle with a even when if, if it's with my friends i'm not all buddy buddy with you when i first meet you it takes you time same thing uh with my wife it's, it took time and it's just crazy to see these shows that I, I tell Brielle all the time, I'm like, I think people are going to watch a show in their 20s and think this is the way I got to do it. Whether it's men or women, like, side, if I see her and fall in love, I got to propose right away. And that's never the way. That's never the proper setup for long term, in my opinion. Hey, you never know. Love I mean, is uh, love is wild. Uh, I mean, you could, you could kind of say love is blind to to an extent. I feel like the phrase more says is more so when you're actually in love with someone or you think you're in love with someone. It could be lust. It could be whatever you think that you love this person. And that's it. You kind of have horse blinders. I don't think it really means like, oh, love is blind, where you just don't worry about what that person looks like or you don't care what they look like. 
before you meet them or, or whatever. I think it more sounds uh-huh. that you're just really doing whatever some shit that you may do that you don't normally do because of that person or for that person because you think you are in love with them. I think that's that's more so how the phrase is. I, at least that's how I, I perceive it in my opinion. But I don't really care, bro. I, I don't care what anyone says. Look, looks is, is super important. It's not the most important thing. I'll, I'll take personality more than looks. I think maybe seven times out of 10. She's gotta be yeah. like super bad. Like super, super bad. But always, honestly, the super, super bad chick's probably ain't even going to notice me because I'm not super, super bad myself. So it doesn't matter. That's I got to. Self-awareness is uh, is hot these days. So that's the that, yeah. uh, pause. That's that's a good sign. You know, sometimes you got to yeah. be hyper aware of thyself before you want to criticize somebody else. I got to shoot. Sure. I got to shoot when I'm open, man. I can't be yeah, yeah, yeah. Steph Curry when I'm really Kwame Brown. So <laughs> well, I'll give you more credit from a bro right. level. I think you're a little bit more yeah. than Kwame Brown. You, eh, yeah. I'll give you more like a Lou Williams off the bench. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> like a Lou Will. Hey, six like Lou Will. You know, there, there's, there's, it, but, there's some. Yeah, yeah. I have my moments, but no, honestly, I feel like, like you said, self awareness is key, and you can have confidence. Confidence is cool. I think confidence is is sexy. It, for you know if a man is confident about himself it says more you know it, it attracts women and just like when a woman is confident in whatever she does that that attracts men like whatever the case may be if they're confident in the workplace if they're confident you know when they when they go out or if they're confident around others i'm i'm more prone to to being more attracted to a woman that can handle her own in public and carry a conversation and and talk to people that she doesn't really know that well. Like if, if I, if I take someone, if I take a woman out and she's meeting you, Brie, my homies and whatnot, and she's able to hold her own, if I have to like go to the bathroom or if I'm talking to you like one-on-one and she's talking to other people without me having to initiate it, I feel like that's way more sexy or way more attractive than her having I don't know, BBL or, or whatever. That's an extreme example, but that that means more to me than a lot of things. Like, but that's, I don't have that's to why I brought anything it. you're comfortable with yourself. That's that's cool. But that's why I brought it up. That's why this plot or this situation or this experiment wouldn't work with somebody like you or even somebody like me 100% uh, because you need to see them out in the wild, uh, uh, so mm-hmm. to speak, where it's like just talking to them one-on-one, everybody's going to give their best on a first date, the fifth date, especially when you're on camera and all this, they're doing the best of the best there. It's a tryout for, even if you want to get girls after the show, it's a tryout. So it's funny just to watch a show. And I only brought it up, not because I wanted to be those lame takes. I I, I bring it up because I've seen enough of the show and I want to see your take on the concept. And now you're in the, you know, you're in the dating game. So I wanted to see uh, your, your, your perspective on the concept of that experiment. Cause that's what they keep talking about is how can we, uh, can people feel love, love, like love, literally blind, just talking to somebody and commit to them right off the bat? And it's all bullshit. So, um, just having some yeah, fun it's, because it's definitely bullshit in my opinion. People, people yeah. aren't doing that, bro. That's, it's that's a show. I don't think, I don't think anyone in their right mind is is going to go out and and partake in, in something like that seriously. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, man, I've seen I've seen similar though in real life. I've seen people. Uh, maybe not 
get engaged. I've seen people get engaged very fast within a year or two without living with each other and stuff like that. And I even think that's crazy, but uh, you know, all I know is if, if I'm invited to that wedding, you better, and I give a gift, you better be staying together a lot longer because I'm not in four years. I'm not doing this all again and giving you another gift. So, uh, everybody, every, good. I don't know anything about the show, but I just typed in Love is Blind Megan Fox on Twitter. And this is a tweet. It says, Jimmy, I love is blind when Chelsea looks nothing like Megan Fox and it's a Drewski skit. Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that wasn't that his reaction, but when you watch humans for a living, which I've done as far as interacting and sales and all that, you can tell when, when somebody's over smiling or, or overdoing it, you can tell that somebody's not with it. So uh, it's that show is uh, taking, you know, social media and Netflix is killing it with that. But um did you, uh, one thing that I had written down early in the week, uh, as far as, uh, what I watch and, and kind of what was going on with social media, uh, I had people over on Saturday and, and, you know, myself, Dylan Bree, uh, Vito, we, we all watch Saturday Night Live, maybe clips. We don't really tune in all the time. I've been watching Saturday Night Live since I was, you know, probably nine, 10 years old, uh, from the old footage in the eighties and nineties. And then I watch it live every, every, uh, every Saturday that was kind of like, when you're young, what else you got to watch before, like in being involved with, with sports, I watched Saturday night live all the time. And this was the first Saturday night live that I watched live at the time UFC was going on. So we basically had a Saturday night live party because uh, Shane Gillis was on it. And uh, he's one of the, my favorite comedians young. Uh, the story about him is that he, uh, for those that don't know, he got hired in 2019 uh, to to be on Saturday Night Live, they did some background on him. Um, actually, I could show you. I could send you a clip, and I want you to play it just to to set the motion of it because he'll probably tell it better than I would. And I'll send it to you now while I quickly describe. I'm Spanish, hopefully. man. Saturday night, Saturday nights, I watch Sabo Gigante, bro. That's what I watched. I didn't watch Saturday Night Live. That's some white people stuff. Yeah, but no, I, it's. I mean. Back in the day, it was legendary because you watched you, you you basically got to see people that were up and coming that eventually they would get their own either show or movie. Not at the Roxbury, obviously. There's so yeah, many. Jim, Jim Carrey was was on Saturday Night Live, like that's where he started, I believe. That's where he got popular. I may be wrong though. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you now because I want you to uh, I want you to play the clip of him explaining it. Uh, so I basically, did, he. Yeah, I did bookmark. The tweet I saw about his monologue on, on Saturday Night Live, and I started watching some of it, but it was just at the same time as the UFC card, so I I've been meaning to go back and watch it, but I've been sick, yeah, and working. So, so that's what I we did. We had two TVs on, and we had uh, the UFC, and then we paused it because I was recording it. Probably can't find it. Oh, maybe I can. No, I can't. Fuck. I wish I had. I probably should have had it pulled up. I'll try to find it during. But basically, he uh, he got hired and fired within literally a week because Saturday night live did some vetting. They looked back into podcasts and he had some racial remarks. He had some controversy thing. And it was when everybody was getting canceled back in the day, he said something, you know, racist, homophobic, whatever. And then they fired him and then hired, you know, they, at the same time they were hiring, he made a joke racially about 
uh, I think Chinese people in it at the same time, they were hiring an Asian American at the same time. So it probably wasn't a good look for them. And Saturday night live over the last few years has been super one way versus the other. So they didn't, uh, and then after he got fired, basically it blew up because, you know, talent overrules everything. You know, if you're funny, you're funny. So whether you don't get one opportunity, you'll get another. So he's been on Rogan. He's, I've seen him uh, uh, stand up live in Dania uh, Improv. Uh, I've watched all his specials, and he he's a funny dude. He he has a, I probably should send you this. He has a uh, uh, a YouTube page. It's uh, Gillian Keeves. He does basically like Saturday Night Live type clips, like two to five minutes of like raw funny shit. And uh, you know, it was just basically his opportunity where he got to host it after getting fired and. He did a monologue that was half his normal stand-up that if you're a Shane Gillis fan, you've heard it. But the big controversy or the big thing that people loved was Saturday Night Live doesn't say three words. And he mentioned all the three words in his monologue, which is cracker, retard, and gay. And he found a way, which was brilliant in the 10-minute, maybe six-minute monologue that he found a way to brilliantly put all those together just to show that Hey, it's comedy. It's funny. You don't have to laugh at every joke, but just know that, you know, like we always say, we're not here to not here to offend people, make people feel awful about themselves. It's just comedy. So some things may work, some things will. I just sent you a tweet of that. It's a minute and a half of him in the opening monologue. If that's it, let me know. Where'd you send it? I found on Twitter. I sent it to the uh, ETL page in the DMs. Mm. Let me see here. Yeah, I don't want to play it because then if it's, you know, if it's NBC or whatever, I don't want them to take it down. Uh, Yeah, that's, yeah, just play it. And then if it gets cut off, it gets cut off. If you're watching it live, at least you get to watch it live. So, yeah, hit that, play it. It's, uh, but basically it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a breath of fresh air. A lot of people were tweeting that they, they don't watch Saturday Night Live live. And this was the first time they were going to watch it because somebody was going to be on that wasn't going to be, coerced in doing something out of you know what they wanted so go ahead and play it my mom asked me she's like when did we stop being best friends and she's right we used to be best friends you remember that when you were a little boy and you like you loved your mom and you thought she was the cool you remember when you were gay (laughs) you remember when you were just a gay little boy every little boy is just their mom's gay best friend there's literally zero difference i was gay for my mom she would pick me up from school I'd hop in the van, I'd be like, girl, tell me about your day. <laughs> I thought she was cool. I would listen to her music. I'd be like, bam, 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 bam. Let's go, girls. <laughs> I, would, I would dance for her. She'd be like, look at my little dancer. <laughs> but uh, my mom asked me when we stopped being best friends, and I don't, I don't have the heart to tell her. Because like most men, I know exactly when me and my mom stopped being friends. It was, uh, it was the first time I whacked off. <laughs> but there's something, I don't know, my niece, one day, I'm not saying it's like something I'm looking forward to, but I think it'll be a nice thing uh, for the whole country. Uh, I would say when my niece is probably in like fifth, sixth grade, out at recess, and some white kids out there are like, hey, you're not allowed to play with us, you're retarded. And then uh, three black kids come flying out of nowhere. <laughs> Just start wailing on that cracker. Everyone's gonna be like, oh! 
Yeah, that, it's like a nice moment. You can cut it there. <laughs> that story is good because he was talking about how like he um he has a couple jokes that he talks about um uh Down syndrome uh people and he's like you know we always look at Down syndrome people and look you know not pun intended like down on them in, in a certain way and he's always telling them when he has somebody in his family that is. And he's always like, they're the most happiest people ever. And he has a good jokes and some people don't like it, but it just teaches you, you know, in, in my way of like understanding a joke, he's showing that they're people too, and they, they shouldn't be treated any different. And they're also so happy because they're so they're, they're, you know, almost to a, a blessing. They're unaware of some of the things that go on in the world. They're just happy of what's going on right then, right then, right now. So that joke is set up that his, um, I think his sister adopted, um, some uh, some black kids and also has a Down syndrome daughter, something like that. And he was setting up how, like, I can't wait to see them in school, like, make fun of her. And then all of a sudden, their brothers show up and, and it's it's black kids. So, like, that's where, like, comedy is, is so brilliant, where it's it's not just making a joke just to be funny and just to be controversial. It actually has meaning to it. It has some, you know, in his family and he could actually relate to it. Uh, but, you know most people just want to focus on the negative about a joke or something like that. But uh, a lot of the jokes about he makes about uh, whether he says the word retarded or not, it just makes me also think about it because I try to be open-minded. It's like treat everybody equally and understand that these people are, are humans too. They just want to hear, you know, they're just like us. They, they live in the moment and they're happy. And they're, uh, one of his jokes is like, you ever meet like a down syndrome kid and he's like upset and he's like, sad all the time like no he's they're always happy they're always like looking at crack jokes they're always interested in what they're interested in and you should treat them uh likewise so that's like the the deeper darker or or realistic uh take on that but it's a joke and you know how people get offended but i thought he did a great job not only in his monologue i'll send you some clips during the week and i thought it was uh very fun and i thought it started off slow a little bit but then he he got a little better um, as the, uh, the night went on, he had some good clips. Um, yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I bookmarked the, the, the monologue and I've been meaning to watch it. I just I haven't watched it. Yeah, I'm probably mm-hmm. going to search it on YouTube once we get off. Yeah, it's worth it. There's some clips yeah, I'll send you. It. There was one that was take that that didn't make the um, the show. But it was best. It was definitely the funniest skit, and it didn't make the show. It was like a three-minute skit. I'll send you uh, when we log off. Yeah, I seen he did something with you know wearing the new Trump shoes. Something about Biden. that was funny. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And then he did because he's like he's like not a pro. Liberty Mutual. Yeah, Liberty Mutual was the one that uh, was was not, didn't make the cut, but the Trump one was good because you know it's always been affiliated. It's funny because it's like oh he's a Trump guy this and that no like. He, whether he likes him or not or politically or personally, it doesn't matter, but he like, that's, he does a good Trump impression and he, and he, he's, he's a, a smart, uh, he knows about history, knows about politics. So he's not somebody that's just saying things uh, without some background or something like that, but I could go on right. and on about it. Um, do you have, um, what uh, service do you have on your, uh, your phone? Are you a Verizon guy? No, no, I, I had Verizon. For, you, for what do you uh, working Metro there. PCS? Uh, no, nah, and then I, I had T-Mobile. Who's mobile? But no, nah, I, I, <laughs> it's funny you asked me that because I've been wanting to talk about it for a while, but I just didn't know how to bring it up. I have I have this shit called Helium Mobile. 
it runs off of T-Mobile Towers. See, you and know more about that than I could, so I can't even make fun of it. So you, yeah, you're probably no, edu- I mean, more educated it, than I'll ever be. It's a it's a phone service, and it's yeah. based on a crypto, on a crypto token called Helium, and it uses T-Mobile Towers. I have unlimited internet. I have unlimited calls and texts, and pretty much what they want to do is they want to build a phone network with the crypto token Helium and what they do is they pay you in their token mobile when you turn on your location and you're driving around going to places or whatnot to help strengthen their network help make it better you know to wherever that it may need and it's 20 bucks a month so it's mad cheap but when you get the tokens the mobile tokens throughout the week I get about three to 4,000 of them a week, the last month or two, two months. And it's, it's about 12 to $15 a week, depending on what the price of the token is at the time. And I can use that to pay my phone bill. So okay. I don't pay for phone service and I'm pretty much on Wi-Fi a lot. So it's not like I'm using the, the service, but when I go to work, I turn on the location. I let it track my location because your phone carrier is already tracking your location, but they're not paying you for it. You're not being compensated for it. This, you turn on your location in the app, it lets you, it tracks your location wherever you go and it rewards you with tokens. And every week you get a free claim. And it's, like I said, anywhere from 12 to 15 bucks. And I just, I just cashed it out the other day. I had $150 in there just of tokens, just from letting it use my location. And I bought some stocks with it with $150. And that's probably what I'll use. It's it's worked very well everywhere I've been. Okay. And I've been using it since December. So I okay. have no issues with it. The reason why I asked that is uh, I believe it was, uh, I want to say Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I woke up and, and Bree got a text like, oh, at and down right now. There's no service. And at that point, I really, you know, I use Wi-Fi the house. So I don't, I don't really tell if my service is yeah. down. I think it was from like, let's say 9 to 12 or even 1. Uh, AT&T was down. I seen the, I had no bars, but the Wi-Fi was working fine. It doesn't affect my life. Uh, and I think Verizon was affected maybe, but people were freaking out because that movie came out on Netflix about how like the government or something will shut down the internet and then we'll be gridlocked and, uh, you know, the whole world goes to shit. So it was funny to see people literally, uh, overreact to only a couple hours of not having service and, it made me think it was like, maybe this was, whether it was a test or a technical, the fact that we could have our phones do what they do every minute of the day, 24 seven is amazing by itself, right? Like our phones always work. Like when we don't have, when we have one bar, we, we all freak out when we don't have a good Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi goes down in my house. We, everything gets shut down. Like we got to figure this out. It just makes yeah. me uh hyper when the aware. The page and, doesn't load on the first attempt. You freak out. It's like, what do you mean? You have to retry. We have to click the button and refresh it. No, your <laughs> it phone, work glitch, when I need your to. phone glitches for a second. And all you got to do is reset the phone and it's back working. It's so funny how much we rely on technology, internet, Wi-Fi, and other companies to, you know, cause I won't, I, I make fun of it, but a lot of people do depend on it with work and, and, and stuff like that. So I, I get it why somebody will freak out, 
but it's just crazy to have that little um, humility come back to us and be like, wow, our phone service didn't work for two hours of probably like the last two decades. And all of a sudden we're yeah. like, oh, something's going on. Conspiracy theorists and all that out there. So basically AT&T, Verizon, I got a text from AT&T. Sorry, the other day we, we were down for a little bit, you know, yada, yada, yada. Everybody was like, I hope we get Everybody was like, I hope we get compensated. In my head, I'm like, dude, the fact that my phone works when I want it to, like 99.9% of the time is is probably more than I could ask for. So people were asking, yeah, you'll get your credit of what, $2.50? Like, what are you talking about? Uh, so you weren't affected by any of that, right? Uh, no, I. this was what, Tuesday? Last Tuesday? Yeah, I think Thursday. Tuesday or Wednesday. I, I lose track of the days. Yeah, yeah. Uh... No, I was probably sick in bed, sleeping it off. <laughs> so I probably didn't realize. But like I, like you said, I'm I'm always on Wi-Fi. It didn't affect my Wi-Fi. Uh, so yeah, I, I didn't really notice anything. I have a video here of them talking about it. Um, I could share it. But no, I, I wasn't affected. Good morning, Oklahoma. Maybe you're looking Oklahoma. at your phone and it's saying SOS. What's going on? My husband had that this morning and he's freaking yeah, out. And I was did. Like, did you did you do your phone updates? Could it, could it, no, could it text this is all happening at 3 a.m. Yeah, so we did that. Coming to work. He's not the only one, guys. If you're experiencing that, it may be a result of space weather. Okay, I'm going to do my best to explain what's going on. Let's go ahead and take a look. So there was a strong solar flare event that happened just after midnight, and they actually captured an image of it right here, okay? I had to look up this scale. I wish I knew everything about space weather. That's a whole different specialty. But R3, that's for radio communications. It's on a scale of 1 to 5, and 3 is pretty bad. That means it impacts radio communications for a few hours after this happens. And so right now that could be impacting some of our technology. And sadly, we're entering a solar maximum where we're going to see more and solar more maximum, solar baby. storms, solar flares. And it's never happened in this time of human history where we're relying on technology like we have never before. So Interesting time. Hopefully they'll fix it. But the good news is, at least when you're oh, yeah, on Wi-Fi, you should be sun. able to still text and call people, right? Wow. But Wi-Fi, there is, is an effect on radio. It peaked right after midnight. And there you go. A flare is an eruption of energy. You have these electromagnetic waves shooting towards the Earth at the speed of light. So it's almost immediate impact on the light side of Earth, where the sun lights up. Right. And I'm done with well, this lady. the fact she's that this doesn't have, I don't understand anything she said, and jacket. I don't think she understands what she said. No. The fact that that doesn't happen every day, every week, every month it is, is mind blowing by me. I'm yeah. a little bit more objective about this, where technology is so crazy, where I could literally have somebody, you could go to China today and I could FaceTime you the entire time you travel to China. No literally, you could get on a plane. FaceTime me, get the Wi-Fi, and we could just face on the end. That's that's insane enough. The fact that yeah, something would ever happen, whether it was on their fault or what she said was real, is mind blowing to me because uh, I will never understand any of it. Uh, so, so the fact that my phone works a lot is, uh, I'm grateful. <laughs> what's pretty funny is when I worked at Verizon a few years back, there Verizon had an outage, and we all knew about it. Everyone working, we we knew about it because they told us. And they that actually told that should, us that would have been annoying customer service was. Yeah. So they actually told us not to tell the customers about the outage. 
They're like, customers are going to come in. They're going to be complaining that their phones aren't working. Don't tell them we have an outage. Because one, we don't want them to be like, oh, Verizon sucks. They're having outages. Yeah. Switch. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, it's, it's not going to, we're going to sound unreliable. And two. As and that's all they preach. Sounds, they, pre- they preach on reliability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And two, it sounds shitty, but we can use this outage as a way to sell them a new phone. Get them to upgrade, get them to add a new yep, line, come get in. them to add a tablet as a sales pitch, you know. Hey, okay, your phone's not working. Oh, well, you know, guess what? You actually have an upgrade available. Have you thought about upgrading in the last few weeks or whatnot? We have this mm-hmm. promo and then start your whole spiel and go from there. So, yeah, yeah. They, they told us, hey, don't let them know we have an outage. It's going to work towards your favor. We don't want customers yep. being upset. They're paying hundreds of dollars for a phone bill that's supposed to work all the time when they need it. And now you're going to let them know we have an outage. No, some people are going to get upset and go to somewhere else right away. Yeah. That one little thing could upset people and have them switch their phone carrier. And now we just lost a customer. So that, that's all. That's, that's why I'm always big on knowing, you know, I talk to people all the time because I, 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 I take pride in being a, you know, self-proclaimed savant as far as uh saving money and also looking for different avenues. We've talked on this podcast about I went to from Xfinity to YouTube TV and I've saved money using AT&T uh, Wi-Fi. I've talked to a few people that switched over since is uh, they do things, whether it's they do it on purpose or just an accident that they take advantage of. And I've called a few times about a complaint. And next thing I know, I'm upgrading my Wi-Fi. I did that recently with AT&T where I seen a charge for five more dollars than I have liked. I call them up. All of a sudden, they got me. Uh, they were like, oh, we could save you $5 by doing this. But then you could upgrade to make it. Now, all of a sudden, I went from paying. Now I pay the same amount after they charge me more money. But now I get more Wi-Fi. So it's always, you got to understand, there's always schemes that businesses are always looking to meet their quota. And uh, I'm glad you shared that because you know a lot more from the the front lines of of salesman uh, ship as far as, uh, you know, get people to upgrade and, and take advantage of either uh, a bad situation that happens, you know, that's out of their control and take advantage of it or something that they might manipulate to boost some sales. So it happens and you got to be smart. You got to, I mean, is, isn't bills. that what sales is all about? Oh, 100%. That's what Capital, sales is all capitalizing about. on, Bad situation and good. Situation. Do you think yep. you think all these cars are having recalls for for no reason? No, you know, get you in yeah, the shop. Okay, so. Oh, all of a sudden your your tires are looking a little low. The tread yeah. on your oh your oil change. When's the last time you got your oil change? It's yeah. been a while, cars right? Are, most people don't maintain that stuff. All of a sudden you came in for a free recall, and you're, now you're spending five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars on things. Oh, you're let's like, trade oh, your car. Know I needed. Let's trade your car and we get you a new car. You don't pay anything out the door and, and now you, you keep your monthly payment the same. No, of course. Obviously, that's Be careful. That's sales from, from a cell phone because that's the same thing I would tell customers. Oh, hey, you're going to trade this phone in because it's not working, right? You're going to get a $300, $400 credit. You're gonna, it's going to be like $12 to $15 a month and your monthly bill is, only, is, is not even going to go up. You're actually going to save money. But guess what? Now, instead of only having six payments left on your phone, now you have a whole 24-month payment plan on your new phone. It's the same thing with the car. They they do a recall. Oh, we'll trade your car in, no problem. Maybe you had like a year or two left. Now you're paying five years for a new car, six years, however much you get finance for. That's, that's, that's why I, 
I've been uh, I've been I've been in sales for over ten years, and it's natural for anybody to say no. And I've I've been through it face to face, over the phone, in every which way. Uh, I'm I take that approach of always saying no before I take say yes because if I have, I'll always need an opportunity to think about it, uh, especially with a car where I won't know everything, and I don't. I buy a nice car for the reason I usually buy new cars, leasing wise, so I don't have to think about it. Usually, I by the time the a car gets to the point where they have to start messing up. I trade it in and I get a new one. Uh, right now I'm in a situation where I actually have to think about what my options are because the market is a little different than when I first got it. But uh, I always like to say no before because I always know as a salesperson, they're always trying to get you on some BS. They're always trying to get you on some bullshit to uh, yeah. make themselves more money, which, hey, that's that's their job as a company. And it's also your job or your knowing to simply just say, no, I'll think about it or I'll come back right now. I know more right now. My job, we're taking donations for a local food bank, second harvest. And I, Mm -hmm. it was, what was it? Friday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Friday they started and they told me about it. And immediately I started thinking of a way to my sales kicked in. My salesman kicked in. Like, how can I not even, I don't, I don't know if we're going to get anything who gets the most donations, but my competitive spirit got fired up and I'm like, how can I get the most donations? How can I make it to where more people are saying yes, that they're going to donate than no, Law of averages. not even ask yeah, everybody, every customer, every time. So, so I started just, I was like, I'm not going to ask them if they want to donate because when you ask them, when you give them an option, more people are going to say, no, it's just like hey, no. when I was, when I was selling phones with accessories, it's like, you don't ask someone if they want a case or screen protector. You give them options. Hey, which case would you like? Which screen protector would you like? Do you want the three-foot charger? Do you want the six-foot charger? You don't ask them if they want one or not because people are going to say no, and they're going to be like, oh, I could get it Naturally. somewhere else or whatnot. You want to you yep. keep it in-house. So I was like, oh, I could just tell you how much would you like to donate, you know? But being where I work hey, at, maybe that's not – we're running a donation for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. How much would you want to donate today? Yeah. If so they I say, no, I'm good, him. perfect, no yeah. problem. So I started asking a few people, and one one dude said he's like, well, "I'm not asking them if they want to. I'm I'm kind of appealing to their to their heart or whatnot." He's like, "Would you be so kind to donate?" And I'm like, "Oh, I like that. I like that. That's good." So I've been using that, and that works. I'd be like, "Oh, would you be so kind?" And then if they're still like, "And eh, whatnot," I'll be like, "Oh, if anything, we could just round it up to the next dollar to make it an even flat yeah, yeah, number yeah. for you at the door today." And that works a lot. But how much would you like to donate? That's good. That's worked for me. So yeah, I mean. In sales, you don't really want to ask people stuff. You kind of just want to give them not assuming like to the point where yeah. the you, well, assume you don't the give sale. them an option. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a it's sale. like kind of like I call it like a soft sale or or soft close where it's like you're not giving them an option, but you're not also like drilling them with like you don't have an option to say no. You of course yeah. you do, but you're just phrasing in a way. It's funny because anytime at Publix that they have something going on or basically anywhere whether it's round up, you know, and I, I like to say my better half has made me a better person where I used to always say no, but I'm pretty much every time say yes to round up, always say yes. And also, yeah. would you like to make a donation? But bare minimum, what I could do is a dollar. A dollar doesn't affect dollar. me at all. So the no, way I, I like to do it is, you know, that shit comes back. You know, you live in a, a, a karma state of mind. You give a little bit. Sometimes you get a little bit, whatever the case. I'll always... 
And I watch some people at Publix, like the lady in front of me will be asked, hey, would you like to donate? And they'd be like, no, I'm good. And then I'll go up to the register and I'm, I'm ready for them to say, would you like to donate? And they don't. And I'm like, see, you just lost a donation right there because yeah, I would have said yes no matter right. what. Yeah. So it's just funny to see how like, obviously in Publix, like the cashier, they don't have that salesman mentality where it's like, it doesn't really affect their job too much. So they're just doing it just to get their manager off the back. Uh, but right. it's just funny that the next person would have been that yes that you probably asked mm -hmm. three people prior. It takes, said it takes no, so. four seconds. It takes four seconds. I got a, like, I got a nice little, little spiel to it because, you know, I, I like That's to right. add a twist to things and, and add my own way of doing things because I've just I've got a lot of experience in it and, and it's worked for me. You know, my manager was like, oh, thank you for asking. We appreciate it. I'm like, yeah, it's part of my job. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm just doing what I have to do, you know. But it, it's cool, man. I think, like you said, it's it's a numbers game. The more people you ask, the more donations you're going to get. If you don't ask, you're not going to get any. But it's fun. And it, that's how sales is, bro. That's how sales is. And I, I we've both been in sales for a long time. We've both had. Yep wide array of sales experience so i'm glad we have that in common i want you to uh we we mentioned it before with uh shane gillis bring up the um i i, I want to show a picture of this because i want to just see it again bring up the picture of the the trump sneakers because at first i thought it was a lie i thought it was just like a internet thing and then it turns out it was actually a real thing not gonna lie these things are, are kind of fire <laughs> they're high tops gold things, bro what you are not gonna rock them there's so many, I mean, there's a lot of things I wouldn't rock for, for reasons. Cause it's like, I'm not that person and I'm not going to do all that, but that doesn't mean I don't, I don't like them. Right. There's a lot of, I like, I like Lamborghinis. I might have a couple of funds to buy some, but that one, or that doesn't mean I'm going to buy it. So I can like a lot of things like a window shop, but you know, uh, unbiasedly, I thought they were fire. Oh, you have the table. Wow. A lot of emotion. There's a lot of emotion in this room. Thank you. Thank you. So, so the really nice thing is we have lines, and I want to thank Chase, and I want to thank Alan. But we have, wow. So you can't really a lot see of emotion. Well, they have a picture. Look up a picture of them. That's, that's a, I, I think I've seen that one quick with the sneakers on first, so I didn't know they were real until I seen, like, a clip of him actually holding them. Let me see the sides. They are kind of fire, not going to lie. I gotta now run. you're going to start seeing a lot so this of... This is the first look at Trump's shoes right here. Pause it. Right sides. Donald Trump has his own shoe. <laughs> well, tell me about those a little bit. You That's know anything about them? These right here you know are friends and family. Them. There's only 50 pairs made right here. All gold. You got the gold lace tips as well. Super fire. And low-key, they're actually very comfortable. First ever Trump shoes. Nah, it was funny because, like I like I said, we're not we're not bringing this up for political reasons. We're just having fun with what goes on in the, in the news. And obviously, as this podcast goes on for the next six months, because a lot of politicking will happen in the next six months with the with the the voting happen in the, happening in November. We'll cover it to an extent, but we're not going to cover it as a a a political way. We're we're going to cover it as a funny way, you know, topics, and we'll discuss things and. We'll try to make fun of it or or have some fun with things that are brought up. Uh, we definitely don't want to persuade you in any way. That's not what I would ever do. 
not only on this podcast, I think we can both agree, but even in personal life. Um, but him coming out with sneakers is is amazing. That means somebody independently made those sneakers, said this is what we're gonna do, and and they put it out. Um, I mean, they look kind of fire. They look they look kind of Nike-ish. They look like some Jordan ones, dog. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like they they look like some like high-end Jordan ones that are limited. So just wanted to bring up a picture because I wanted to see it again because we brought it up earlier. Um before we go into, you know, some sport topics here and there, um, anything random entertainment-wise on your end that you didn't write down or send to me that you could think of? Um, nah, there was, there was some, some military dude today. I think his name was Adam. Hold on, let me, let me, let me double, let me double, uh, double check my info today. Before there's a lot of uniform talk uh, in, in MLB that I want to bring up, and I know those those pictures are are horrendous that came up so, as we talk about proud vintage and quality quality clothing. A, yeah, a dude today. He was um, he was so allegedly he was a U.S. service member. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he was or or, or not. He set himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., and he yelled out, free Palestine. And he had posted. While on fire? Yeah, he was. He set himself on fire. I'm not going to share the video because yeah, it's probably going to get taken down. And two, it's it's not something that we're going to really want to show on this podcast. But his name was Aaron Bushnell. And yeah, it's, supposedly his last words were free Palestine. And he had posted on his social media. I'm trying to find the exact post. I only see that uh that stuff on a, a couple uh, accounts that I follow. But another topic that died down after it got so popularized, and we talk about it all the time, where things are news until they're not. You know, things are hyper focused and talked about, and everybody makes a post, and then all of a sudden, people are like up. Oh, my life goes on and we forget about it. Right? Yes. So on Sunday, February 25th, he said, Today I'm planning to engage in extreme act of protest against the genocide of the Palestinian people. Uh, the below link should take you to a live stream and recorded footage of the event, which would be highly disturbing. I ask that you make sure the footage is preserved and reported on. And he pretty much said something along the lines of this is what your government is doing. Um, you're being sold out. Um, he's like, I'm tired of participating in, in genocide. This is what our ruling class has decided will be normal. Um, uh, no one should have illusions of how government view the sanctity of life. And pretty much, yeah, that, that's what he did. And, and he set himself on fire. It was It was kind of a really crazy sight if you want to watch it i mean it's it's all over social media but that, that okay. was the only thing I, I can think of i don't really have anything else i haven't really been all right on social media in. too much the last few days ufc fight night in in mexico city was was off the chain yeah talk about that real amazing. quick 
uh, I was I was surprised. All me- for the most the part, all Mexican card. There was at least like yeah. one Mexican per fight. Right. I, I love that they do that. I think they they need to keep doing that, highlighting you know their the countries that more more show up in in their uh, in their fighters and whatnot. I'll just really talk about the co-main and the main event. Co-main was Brian T. City Ortega, Yair and Pantera Rodriguez. I had Yair winning. Yair has had a, a interim belt. He fought Volk, so I thought he would go in there. And, you know, Orte- Brian Ortega hasn't really fought in a year and a half. Last time he fought, he, he fought Since Volk. he was heartbroken. Yeah, and he had, he's gone through a lot of stuff the last year and a half, man. He fumbled Tracy Cortez. He had a few shoulder surgeries. So, you know, I thought Octagon uh, Rust would be a thing, but... He went in there first round. He kind of got shaken up a little bit. Second round, he definitely won the second round, took Yair down, had ground control, and won that second round. And then third round, he came out and, and got a submission, a nice um, triangle choke and, and won. I was surprised about that. Class act, he asked Mark Goddard not to raise his hand, saying you know he had a lot of respect for Yair. People were booing him because you know he wasn't – he was – coming out of, you know, the USA, but he got out there and started talking in Spanish and appealed to the Mexican people and I guess won their hearts over. So, man, shout out to Brian Ortega. He he said he had been through some dark times and he found God and now he's he's doing a lot better. So I, I hope to see what he has in, in store for us. His next few fights, he's, I mean. Has anybody been through dark times and not found God? Yeah, right. That seems to be. I don't mean to be, to be anti-religion, but I'm just saying like hey, a lot man. of times, man. Sometimes That's you need the, the higher power, goes. right? Right, yeah. And then right. main event was uh, <laughs> Brandon Royval, Royval and uh, Brandon Moreno. Again, I thought Moreno was going to get the dub, the dub. He's He's been in a lot of championship fights. He's fought Figueroa four times. In that belt, I had gone back and forth. He just fought Pantoja and lost. So I was like, well, he's got more of the championship experience. And Royval is... <laughs> Just definitely great, but I didn't think he was at that level just yet. And he came out there, and, I mean, he pressured Moreno the whole time. He was on him. He just he looked more in the fight than Moreno. Moreno had one or two moments where I thought he could end the fight, but besides that, he wasn't as crisp and, and great as he usually is. And that was mm-hmm. a little concerning, especially with him, you know, being in his – in Mexico, his home country. So that, that could have affected him a little bit. And also, Roy Val says that allegedly he tore his MCL in the first round, and he still won. So that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, I'm, I'm just excited. There's, there's a fight night this weekend. It's, it's a heavyweight event. So if you're not really into UFC, which I'm not sure how you're not at this point, you can't go wrong with the heavyweight event. It should be a barn burner. It should be... Should be fun to watch. And then March 9th, not this weekend, but the next weekend, we got UFC 299, Sean O'Malley, Sheeto Vera in Miami, Florida. So Miami's going to be popping in the next two weeks for sure. Yeah, man. That uh, that card, what it, I just passed by. So, 299 is it? super stacked. If you can't Let make it, it up. prices are, are crazy, but oh, definitely want to be in Miami that weekend for sure because it's, it's going to be off the chain. I could pull I up the card had... and share it on the screen real quick. Yeah, show that next card because the next two cards are obviously insane for everybody that loves UFC. And if you don't, you don't have to love it if you're just a casual. And and like I said, there's no football happening on Sundays anymore. No football on the weekends. And uh, you know, baseball's starting up. 
which, you know, is every day. So that kind of gets old quick. You know, I love baseball every single day. Uh, basketball gets, you know, and hockey is getting into the playoffs over the next couple of months. Why wouldn't you want to have people over and hang out and, and watch people try to kill each other, men and women? So, so go ahead. Um, yeah, these are the prelims. Um, I'm not too familiar with these people right here, but Michael Pereira is good. Um, this Poland guy is, is pretty good. Those are the early prelims, and then you got the prelims. Pedro Munoz is a beast. Um, RDA is is a, is a goat, former champ. Gamrod is is crazy good. Macy Barber, she's she's been fighting really well. Um, Caitlin Sermonarish, man, this is the top six matchup right here. This this is a fight. Curtis Blades is a dog. Blades. He, yeah, yeah, he's. I've seen him fight a few times. He he, yeah, he's nasty. That's the feature prelim against Jonathan Almeida. Man, okay. This guy is, is crazy knockout power. This is the, the beginning one. of the main card. Wow, that's a you first got, That's a first yeah. fight of the main yeah, card. That's Come crazy. On. You got Porter Young and Song Yidong. If you haven't seen Song Yidong fight, go on YouTube and search Song Yidong versus Cheeto Vera. That fight was crazy. Song Yidong versus Rog Font was a great fight, too. Then you got Gilbert Burns against Jack Della Maddalena. Man, I love Gilbert Burns. This is going to be one of his toughest fights to date. I mean, he fought. Shout out uh, IHP. IHP. This is going to be a great fight. It's a pick on minus 110. JDM can box his ass off. Mm. Then this is probably going to be my favorite fight besides Gilbert Burns because I'm a huge Gilbert Burns fan and the IHP ties. But Kevin Holland versus Michael Venom Page. Michael Venom Page is making his UFC debut. Mm. This guy is like 21-3 and three in his MMA career. He's fucking electric in, in everything he's done. Just go on YouTube and just look up some Michael Page fights if you're not too familiar with him. He's fighting the perfect guy for his UFC debut. Everyone loves Kevin Holland. This is going to be a crazy fight. I think they're just going to scrap it out. They might not even go to the ground. It's going to be awesome. Man, Dustin oh, yeah. Poirier, he trains down in South Florida against Benoit Saint-Denis. I think he is also an IHP guy, uh, BSD. Uh, don't quote me on that, but you know, Diamond Hands versus BSD, man, this is going to be insane. It should be a lot of fun. Um, and then main event, Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera. <laughs> I mean, he, you you can't script it any better. You really can't. Dana White just he he knocked the socks off of this one. He he really did. And that's two Saturdays from now, which yes. is uh, which is amazing. And then that three hundred, which is happening. Uh, April 13th. April 13th, man. The first time I looked at it, I sent it to you and your brother. And like I said, I'm I'm a little less knowledgeable uh, about quality of fights or whatever, but I had no names. And all I had to do is look at it. I'm like, the prelims are stacked. And then you get the main card and I'm just like, that's going to be an event. Yeah. And obviously for any round number, like 300, 250, 275, stuff like that, they're, they're going to stack the card. And UFC knows what they're doing, and uh, like like I said last week, uh, with uh, Chandler doing a little promo, calling out yeah, uh, Conor McGregor out. on, in, oh, on yeah. WWE, which yeah. uh, you you got you got UFC that is trying to become WWE globally. WWE is becoming that global brand. They just had a a, a PLE, which is premium live event. They call them they don't call them pay per views anymore because they don't have to pay per view literally. So. Uh, there they just had their uh their their event in um Perth, Australia. They have a they have a couple uh other live events in in other countries. So 
those two companies, I'm telling you, bro, they're they're gonna feed off each other. And this is they're not even in the first year of it yet. They're in the first what under six months of cross promotions and stuff like that. So we're gonna have a lot of fun. Uh, because at the end of the day, a lot of promotions will only hype you up and a lot of talk, but when people get in, you know, UFC, they get in that cage, it's one thing. And when they fight, all that talk don't mean anything. Obviously, in WWE, which I love, the talking also helps the fight. And, you know, you got The Rock now, Roman Reigns, all that for, for uh, WrestleMania coming up in April. It, it, it's I think over the next couple months with 299-300 and WrestleMania coming up, you're going to see a lot of cross promotions because UFC is going to want to take some wrestling fans and want to feed into that. And because it only benefits both companies. And then I believe that the same thing will happen in WWE. They're going to want to take some UFC fans. I'm not saying all. I'm not saying, you know, usually to each his own. You either like real combat, face-to-face, fucking unplugged fighting, or you like the entertainment and the and the storylines of. But I think both of them are, are a perfect relationship. Yeah, you can't I think go wrong with either. It's, it's the best, it's both the best It's the yeah. best of both, bro. It's such the it best of both is. worlds because yeah. what UFC wants to be promotion-wise, WWE is, you know? Yeah. And then what WWE wants to be is, obviously, you know, we don't use the F word in my house, the F-A-K-E word, but they do everything that UFC wants to do as far as promotion, make it a, an event, take over an entire city for a weekend. So, uh, I think over the next couple months, we're going to see both companies like be on the top of their game. So I'm very excited about 300. We'll, we'll get into 300 uh, down the road. Um, some quick things in sports. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, signed a punter, Matt Ariza. Ariza. That was the punter that allegedly, when we use this, when it broke out like a year, two years ago, that he was involved in some – whether he did it or not, it was proven that somebody lied. He was involved in some type of sexual assault um, with a, a group of guys on a lady, and it turned out, you know, in court, it turned out that it wasn't true. He was exonerated, and now he signed with a team. And I think uh, a guy that is under that much scrutiny, the only team or one of the few teams you could sign is with a winning team where you're not the focal point. You're not going to be asked that many questions. You might get some questions in the beginning of camp, and then it's all business from there. So shout out that. If it's you know if it's true that none of it was true and this guy was just under you know false allegations, then he deserves to have an opportunity. Uh, Messi, the MLS started, uh, got their first uh, dub the uh, the first night uh, right here, three miles away from me. Got their first dub. They tied against LA. So MLS is starting. We're not probably going to talk about that unless Messi going ham and winning MVP of that. Uh, the NF, uh, the MLB uniforms. Have you seen any of these uniforms or, or what the controversy is with that? Because I'm big on unis. I'm big on logos. I'm big on changes. You're talking about the, the preseason uniforms, like the Fanatics uniforms that they've been I'm talking about on Twitter. They're, 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 it's not even the preseason. So basically, MLB just signed Nike, or and Nike signed MLB. Uh, what was it? Two years ago, and obviously, it takes a couple years to get new uniforms, new jerseys. So the thing with MLB uniforms is that they were they're stitched, 
quality. Maybe they're a little heavy. Nike went ahead and uh, asked some players, what do you prefer? They prefer lighter on the thing. So basically, Fanatics, Nike, MLB, in short, teamed up, and they created a cheaper alternative for an authentic jersey that not only looks cheap, feels cheap, and then they're selling the jersey for the same, if not more money, than they were with an embroidered patch. You know how like, you got a patch embroidered for it? Like, you've seen that shit. And it they're ironed on now, just like the uh, if you buy an NBA jersey, they're ironed on. And it basically, in my opinion, because I'm, I'm a snob for uniforms and logos and stuff like that, I might not buy all of them, but I'm like, I'm definitely up on that. They best, they they chose the easy way out of, of cheap, and and it sucked because uh, the 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 numbers are, are are smaller. The the embroidering isn't as quality. I don't know if you could pull up a, a photo. You could go on Twitter and just have fun with that. But MLB's got a lot of a lot of pushback against how could you uh, lessen the quality of a uniform or a jersey that you're going to sell to your consumers. I get why you're doing it for the players but then you're going to sell to your consumers and sell it as much or even more. And it's a lesser product. Um, so shout out Broward vintage because uh, Broward vintage about to make a lot of money in the, in the retro game, because all those jerseys that we have that we're going to start selling on eBay is probably going to go up in money. You can pull up anything, just the number, the, the, the names are smaller. They look cheap. They look like uh shout out DH gate. That is uh DHgate. You know, DHgate is is a company uh you know in China that you could buy jerseys and I'll promote the shit out of them because I got a couple of good quality jerseys from them and they probably made so much money over the last month only because people are like DHgate jerseys look way better than what the MLB saying right. That's a perfect example right there. Pull that up bigger. Awesome. Right there, that's the difference. And and you you, you can just see the quality difference. You know, that to the right looks like a a, a a poorly done DHK Uni. Meanwhile, you could probably order that same jersey from DHK from China for $15, probably get a, a better quality jersey. So, MLB, I'm, it, if you're a fan of baseball and want to buy a baseball jersey, I suggest don't buy it this year. The only way to tell these companies, Nike, Fanatics, MLB, is whatever they try to do, whatever they think they're trying to do to make quality jerseys or whatever they have in mind, just don't buy them. Don't purchase any jersey. Don't do it. Let their sales tank. Let their let all the all the jersey sales plummet, and then you'll really see, um, you know, some change. Nope. Aside, the materials were better when Reebok was there. I mean, really. Listen, I think Nike was phenomenal. They've started to go very cheap. cheap. Interesting. And I wear Nike cleats that they stopped making 10 years ago. I don't wear any of the new Nike cleats. The jerseys, listen, I. That's all you, I mean, that's all you have to hear. This is Jason Kelty, not trying to, not uh, Shaq is a trusted source and, and he's worn probably at all professional athlete. Yeah. <laughs> Two professional athletes, one that's played just played and one that hasn't. And, and Shaq, I, I trust his opinion as far as, uh, well, kind of trust because he tried to, you know, the Shaq shoes, he tried to be, uh, 
lower quality, but at least meant for people people who could afford it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Nike head, and I'm all for Nike. All my sneakers are Nike. All my athletic wear are Nike. But there comes a time where you got to stop buying a product just to not not boycott. I'm not sending out tweets. I'm not telling other people don't buy Nike until they. But when you see quality going down and the price remains the same, more you gotta you got the, the only way as a consumer to send a message is just don't buy anymore. Just take a little pause on it because. The quality is going down. They're taking advantage of the the licensing. They're taking advantage of the name, and they think they're like any company. They think they're slick. They could they could they could save money here and there. And oh, the consumer is going to buy. Why? Because that's all they know. So so just don't buy. Is my opinion. Uh, Like I said, I'm not going to put out a protest. I'm not going to stand in front of Nike headquarters and all that and protest. But. When you see something go down in quality and the price remains the same, and or if and go uh, goes up a little bit, do as you you should do is just don't purchase, and then uh, we'll see. So MLB's got to clean that up. Um, uh, I did want to talk about the the new Clippers logo. I don't know. Have you seen the new Clippers logo? Yeah, I saw. How many times are gonna? They, how many times are gonna? They gonna change their logo in the last? Well. The last, well, the last time they really changed it was, uh, I think, like eight years ago, seven years ago. It seems a lot sooner, but they had the same logo of their losing times for like thirty years with the uh, early, you know, early nineties and two thousands. They kept that for a while, but the the newest one or the one that was that they wear now, it looks cheap. It looks it looks like if my nephew was on Photoshop, he could he could do a better job as far as the logo and the unis. Um, I personally like the, the the new logo in the unis. It's different. They're opening up a, a brand new arena next year, uh, which costs billions of dollars. And it's probably the most, um, what's Buddy's name that owns the? Bomber. The Clippers. Steve Bomber. Bomber, yeah. So he's, you know, he's in the tech industry. And I think they say that that arena is going to be the most tech savvy arena in the league, which I don't doubt just like a SoFi that opened up in LA. So um the new logo, I think, is better. If you want, you can go look it up on yourself and, and let us know what you think. I think it's a, a lot more crisp. It's not perfect, but anything's better than the current Clippers logo and uniforms. I think it was very basic, cheap looking. Uh, this actually has some thought and some, you know, some history behind it. Um, that's all I got on my end. The only thing I have is uh, me and Bree binge watch Ozark. Have you watched Ozark? I have. Great show. Yeah, so we watched Ozark when it was live during the pandemic and going on. We just, bro, it took us, so it's four seasons, probably, what is it, 12, do a quick math. It's basically over 45 episodes in two weeks. We watched 45 episodes. We super binge watched, like, over and over. It's such a good, watching it this time made me realize, and those who watch have watched the great quality series one time years ago, go back and rewatch series because you have a more appreciation. You might remember some things, but rewatching that we only just rewatched. We only re we only watched season four, two, three years ago when we played season four, the latest season, I forgot half the stuff because there's so many things that we consume. Um, Man, that, that series is in my now all time, like top 10, probably lesser than that, like top five or six of all time, because 
the the storyline, uh, everything is just perfect. I I think uh, Ozark's uh, True Detective four just ended. A lot of tr- controversy with that. Um, it was a lot of women involved in that, and that's controversial enough. You know, a lot of companies are trying to put women at the forefront and casting wise, but uh, you know, there is a movie out there that is a part of the Mar- Marvel Empire that did crash and burn recently. That was an all yeah. women. You know, Cindy Sweeney was in it, which probably the only reason I heard that you go watch that movie is Madam Webb is called. Generational talent. Yeah, generational talent. And I heard the only reason why you go see that movie is just to watch her the whole time. But other than that, it's uh, hot garbage. That's all I have on mine, brother. Hey, bring me some backwoods up out of there, homie. And a cup of ice. And some rubber bands up out of there, too, homie. Are you uh, going real fast sitting outside the Kona store? You're going to be in the state. I got no business being out here in this area. What are you reading? If it ain't one thing, it's some motherfucking another. We trapped the Fast and Furious opening line. No, I pay her bills and buy her designer. But I don't. Uh, You're going to be in the state of Florida uh, this week? She just played her part when it's time to smuggle. I pull up that bag and pick up rubber, burn rubber. I got a sweet tooth, but I stay away from suckers. Man, I fuck her in rush hour traffic, Chris Tucker. Everybody screaming, gang, gang, gang. Them folks come and get you, you gonna tell on the whole gang. She said, can I fuck you with my diamond chain? If it ain't the bank, then I'm on the plane. About to go get some money or go spend some money. They stopped me in the airport, had too many Benjis on me. <laughs> they don't want you to ball. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I think uh, Ford has taken too many enemies. They don't want you to live. They don't want you to ball. He's drugged up. They smile on your face, then they pray for you to we fall. Apologize. We apologize for him. Don't worry, we're wrapping this episode up right Young now. Young fella, stay um, focused, but I really want to crash. Think about where you at. Okay. Think about about your past. Okay. Yeah, I really came from shit, but I won't change for shit. My okay. fellas say I'm stuck in my ways. My wrists have been getting paid. All right. Well, uh, we'll end it on that. <laughs> shout out. Um, episode one fourteen. A hundred shots. Gonna keep on. Nah, you can end it whenever. That song oh. is just one of my favorite songs. We'll end it here. We uh we will no no I promises. See you this weekend, like... baby. Oh yeah, that's I see what you this I was weekend, baby. You I made see me forget weekend, what I was baby. Are you, uh... Don't wear that Yankee hat around me. I'm gonna slap it out your dome, oh, bitch. I'll I'll have some I'll have some broad vintage for you. I'll have some broad vintage. Um so yeah, hopefully it will I will, I will see you this weekend. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Uh, 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 uh. Episode 114 of Adjustable Fort Sama. Enter the lab, exit the lab, brow vintage. Follow us, subscribe, all that. Tell a friend. Appreciate y'all. Peace. <laughs>